Maine's Political Pulse podcast is made possible in part by Lee Auto Malls, featuring the new Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE plug-in hybrid at locations in Auburn and Westbrook. LeeAuto.com. You're listening to Maine's Political Pulse. I'm Robbie Feinberg, joined by Maine Public's chief political correspondent, Steve Missler, and our State House correspondent, Kevin Miller. Because for the sake of the communities, individuals, and families now suffering immeasurable pain, for the sake of our state, doing nothing is not an option. And that was Maine Governor Janet Mills speaking at her State of the State address to the legislature earlier this week. One of the speech's major themes was gun violence, specifically in the wake of the Lewiston mass shootings last year. Mills is now introducing several policies that the governor argues would help to curb that violence by taking guns out of the hands of those who may be dangerous to themselves or others. Steve, let's start by breaking down what's being proposed here. Can you give a general overview of what the governor is proposing? Sure. So it might be helpful to begin by outlining what the governor isn't proposing. She's not proposing an assault weapons ban or a bill instituting a waiting period for the purchase of firearms or a red flag law. Those are priorities for the gun safety activists, but the governor has pretty much steered clear of them. Instead, she's expanding background checks, which is partially what the gun control activists want. And she's making a slight modification to Maine's yellow flag law and funding a network of crisis intervention centers. And it seems like the governor is is also having to to walk a a tightrope here. What what kind of political dynamics is she dealing with when it comes to the issues of firearms? Well, in this state, the dynamics are perilous, and that's because Maine has a long history of siding with gun rights. And going against that tradition is viewed by many politicians as possibly jeopardizing their election chances. That's why politicians are careful when they calibrate their rhetoric on this issue, and some of them just try to avoid it altogether. So let's dig into these proposals, Kevin, one by one. Uh, let's start with the background checks issue. It's interesting to see this being proposed after Maine voters rejected the 2016 referendum that would have implemented universal background checks in Maine. Is the governor's proposal much different from that? It is different in a few key respects. Uh, what Mainers rejected back in 2016 was pretty close to what's often referred to as universal background checks. And that that means that background checks would have been required on almost all private sales except between family members and uh, law enforcement. What Governor Mills wants to do is a more limited expansion um, while also exempting gun transfers between friends, neighbors, hunting buddies, what have you. Uh, But the big difference between 2016 and this proposal is that Governor Mills wants background checks on any private sales that are advertised. And whether that's online or in a print classified listing like a newspaper or Uncle Henry's. And that's a huge market. And what's the reaction been so far from guns rights groups? Is it getting a better reaction than the 2016 referendum? Yeah, well, people like David Trahan with the Sportsman's Alliance of Maine, who's a pretty influential voice here at the Statehouse, They say they're reserving their judgment until they see the detailed language. Uh, But he's been talking to the governor in her office for some time, and he isn't opposed at this point. Republican lawmakers, on the other hand, uh, they lumped together the governor's proposals with much more aggressive gun control measures during a press conference uh, this afternoon on Thursday. So they are certainly signaling that they're not likely to go along with it. Yeah. And the, the other major proposal the governor is putting forward is a tweak to the state's yellow flag law. Um, 
Kevin, just how much would that law change if this policy was pushed through? So the governor isn't proposing to change the yellow flag process, which is when someone is forced to temporarily surrender their guns because they've been deemed by police, uh, by a medical professional and by a judge as posing a risk to themselves or to others. That won't change. What the governor wants to do is to allow police to basically ask a judge for permission to take someone into protective custody even if they haven't committed any crimes yet. That would then allow them to start the review process because until you have someone in custody, you can't yellow flag them. Yeah, and Kevin, I know that for years, a lot of gun safety groups have been pushing for a red flag law that's even more restrictive than Maine's yellow flag law. Is there a reason that the governor seems to be pushing for a tweak instead of going further with something like a red flag law? I think it comes down to two things, uh, concerns about constitutional due process and politics. Uh, The only reason the legislature passed and Mills signed the yellow flag law almost five years ago is because they required that medical evaluation. And unlike in red flag states, family members have to go through police here in Maine to start the process. They can't go right to a judge. And people like Dave Trahan, as well as a lot of Republicans and some conservative Democrats, They say that without those two additional layers of due process, they won't support it. So that's kind of the political reality here in Maine, even after Lewiston. And Steve, are gun safety groups, are they disappointed at all that she isn't proposing something that goes further? Well, Robbie, they're not using that word disappointed. And that's probably because they want to make sure that they're not carved out of the bill writing process and whatever changes the legislature might consider when this legislation comes before them. And so what we're hearing is comments like this from Nicole Palmer, the uh, director of the Maine Gun Safety Coalition. In general, I thought that last night was a a really great starting point uh, for the conversation. We were really happy with um, the progress on background checks. um, And um, that alone represents a, a really great starting point. Uh, So, Robbie, uh, notice that Nicole highlighted the governor's background check expansion, which is a priority for the coalition. But she did tell me that she's concerned that the modification to the yellow flag law would actually add a step when what's needed are fewer steps to confiscate a dangerous person's firearms. Yeah. And Kevin, on a practical level, do we know if the governor's proposals would actually have much of an effect on situations like what happened with the Lewiston shooter? Probably not when it comes to background checks. Robert Card bought guns from licensed dealers because there were no flags against him in the federal background check system. But the governor's proposal to make it easier for police to take someone into protective custody might have helped. Uh, Last week, uh, Sagatahawk County Sheriff's Deputy Chad Carlton told the commission investigating the Lewiston shootings that he didn't feel like he had legal grounds to take Robert Card into protective custody. But you have to have the person. You can have probable cause, but you have to have the person. There is no tool in our toolkit to kick in someone's door and grab them and take them into protective custody. We don't have that. doesn't exist. But that's one of the things that the commission is looking into, whether police could have or should have used the yellow flag law that was already on the books. Yeah. And have have we heard from many legislators yet, Steve, on whether they're planning to support any of these measures? Yeah. And what's notable about their reaction, Robbie, especially among Democrats, is that they're not completely endorsing it. I think the reason for that is twofold. On one hand, they're getting a lot of pressure from gun control activists to go much further than this. And on the other, I think they're trying to assess whether this legislation will be opposed by influential gun rights groups like the Maine Sportsman's Alliance. 
If it is, then these proposals could actually lose support among rural Democrats in particular. And Republicans, well, they seem skeptical of the entire package, but GOP votes probably won't be needed to advance this legislation so long as Democrats can get behind them. Yeah. And, and Kevin, you, you mentioned that independent commission that's currently investigating the Lewiston shootings. At some point, we, we are expecting some findings and recommendations from them. Uh, do you expect that to shape any of the debate around potential gun policies or what action does get taken in the future? Yeah, it seems highly likely, uh, almost inevitable, I'd say, that the commission will recommend some policy changes. But really, it's a question of timing. They're not expected to complete their investigation before lawmakers adjourn in April. And Governor Mills says that there are changes that she thinks lawmakers can and should make this session in case that might help prevent other potential tragedies. And that was Maine Public State House correspondent Kevin Miller and our chief political correspondent Steve Missler. Thanks for joining us for Maine's Political Pulse. You can also read the Political Pulse newsletter. You can find that online at mainepublic.org pulse. Our music is by Rob Holt. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon on Maine's Political Pulse.